Are you obsessed with Los Angeles? Head over heels in love with the City of Angels? Well, this is the podcast for you. At Lifehacks LA, we hack the best in arts, eats, and activities in Los Angeles. So join us and become an LA hacker. Welcome back, my friends, to another edition of the Lifehacks LA podcast, where we hack the very best of Los Angeles on each and every episode. Okay, we know many of you listen in to hear great suggestions about awesome things to do in LA, and my guest today really brings that and much, much more. We are talking to Erica from thelagirl.com, and she runs that very popular website, which covers events, travel, lifestyle, fashion, and more in the city of Los Angeles and around the world. Now, in our conversation, Erica is gonna share some of her background, how the LA Girl was started, and how she became involved with it. She's also going to give us some great tips for people who are visiting Los Angeles and some of her all-time favorite activities she likes to enjoy right here in the city of Angels. Make sure to come back after the interview and I'll share my special LA hack for this episode. But until then, enjoy this conversation with our friend Erica from the LA Girl. What's up, LA Hackers? Please welcome our guest today, Erica from the LA Girl. How are you doing, Erica? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. I want to jump into the LA Girl because I know it's a brand that's been around a long time, especially if you live in Los Angeles. It's you know been sharing the best of LA for quite some time. But before we talk about the LA Girl and all things LA, we wanted to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from originally and how did you make your way to Los Angeles? Yeah, uh, I'm originally from California. So kind of born and born and raised in a really small cow town for lack of a better word. I'm from Los Banos, California. So oh. if someone's familiar and they've driven through the state, they may have passed it. It's so small there's not even an exit off the freeway. So yeah, I've never heard of it. Is that like yeah. north north or it's north. It's like the Central Valley, like almond processing. We had SFA growing up, which nobody knows about in SoCal. It was Future Farmers of America. It was like an extracurricular activity in my hometown. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, legitimately. Um, yeah, it's funny. I went to college over in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, nobody had even seen like a cow in real life, which blew my mind. So I would take you know, friends back across the state to my hometown, and they'd be like, oh my God, a sheep, another sheep. And we would just be <laughs> driving along. I'm like, wow. Did you do oh, like cow know. tipping with your high school friends? You know, God, like, a- okay, no, I wasn't in that group of friends, <laughs> but yeah, no, there was plenty of cow tipping when we would have like a high school party. It would basically, the coordinates would be behind the hay bales, whatever hay bales were the hot topic of the weekend, we would go. For some reason, I'm picturing uh, Footloose right now. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. It would be like parked trucks behind the hay bales and we'd have all the different (laughs) groups show up. You were either like pretty preppy. You kind of went to San Francisco, the big city for the weekends. You were a farmer or you were like, well, I don't know the misnomers. I was in the first of the three, so we don't know. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you grew up in Cowtown and then you made your way to San Diego. So where does LA come into the picture? So LA was sort of the no brainer to start with. I, um, I was considering college in LA. I fell in love with 
San Diego and the like media theater departments at, uh, in that city. And it seemed like a bigger city at the time. So from San Diego, I graduated, started working in the broadcast market on a morning show and naturally because of the nature of my industry intermingled with LA a lot, came up for award shows. We covered things in LA. I remember juggling internships in college and all my interests were in LA. So I was commuting to LA on the weekends. I would pop in to the radio station, Entercom at the time. Now it's Odyssey, um, a podcast network because of the way the industry has grown. But I would basically go sleep on the couch at 4am, wake up for the morning show and then go do it all over again, covering red carpets and things for some companies out in LA. So after college, I was the youngest ever marketing director at Entercom, but I was simultaneously on the air, which I loved more. And after about a year and a half with the company, I was like, okay, it's time to move to LA. I just felt the ceiling to hit. I felt the pace of San Diego. I felt like I was outpacing the city, but that LA was sort of the perfect spot. So I picked up everything. I put in my two weeks notice. And then a few months later, I moved to LA. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And it's only two hours away. It's funny you say that because I was I love San Diego, first of all. But we were right. just there last weekend. Um, it's my wife's birthday and she loves the San Diego Zoo. So we went down there. But you know, we hung out in the downtown and I was thinking that same thing. I was like, wow, San Diego yeah. doesn't feel that big. Like, you know, I, I guess because you're so, so used to in LA from going one side to the other. When you're in San Diego, there is a lot to do, but it's kind of like all in one little area and it doesn't feel like that big of a city. I feel the same. It's the most condensed, gorgeous city ever. But if you're meant to be at a quicker pace, you can pretty much do the whole thing in a year or two and be like, okay with it. I met my hubby actually when I was living the last few months I was living there. I met him. So we got married right before the pandemic in Gaslamp Quarter, downtown San Diego, because it meant a little bit to us. And it was great for a visit. And we love living in LA. <laughs> That's cool. So you convinced the San Diego guy to move to LA? Oh, no. In fact, way different story. He's Australian. Oh. I met him in LA. I was down covering People's Choice Awards. He was down for one night from Sydney to back to Austin, Texas, where he had just moved. And we met a night in LA. And ironically, we were both moving here independent of each other. We both had the like goal. He was moving here in the next month. I was moving in the next like five months. So we met back up in LA. It was kind of meant to be. The LA love story. <laughs> yeah. Legitimately. Okay. Yeah. So, so cool. all right. So you talked about your career and that was one of the reasons why you moved to Los Angeles, but can you just talk in general, like for you, what makes LA unique and a few of the reasons why you love this city so much? Yeah. I feel like I mean, talking about a career trajectory, it's a little, it's funny the way things come full circle, but I grew up like magazines were my life. My mom would get magazines in and I would just want to open the pages. I want to turn them, figure out who's doing what, where the hot topics and scenes and people actually are. And I started associating the aspirational stuff that I grew up wanting to do with LA or with New York a little bit. So those were kind of the big cities I grew up knowing and loving. So in the back of my mind, I sort of always knew that I'd be in LA, but it was interesting because in San Diego, especially with a full-time job, youngest ever marketing director, benefits were offered. I remember starting the job in San Diego and saying, yeah, I'll be here for a year or two. And then I'm going to move on over to Los Angeles. And all the department was laughing because I was this young 
you know, 23 year old college was graduated two weeks before. And they're like, you're probably never leaving sweetheart because this is a really cushy job. Yeah. But I just gravitate toward the pace of LA, knowing what's created in LA. I'm a huge film fan. I like fashion. I've always loved media because of the pace. And I associated LA with so much of that. When I'd visit, I would seek out some of those hotspots. Like I'm a West Hollywood girl. I love West Hollywood. And I just remember growing up reading like maybe like an Us Weekly, but it was always these hotspots. And I would always see the word West Hollywood in those roundups or something. So full circle, I do live in West Hollywood. Oh, wow. And it seems like there's always something opening or a buzz, no matter where you are. It's like a coffee shop, a gym down the street. There's always something to do and people are always building things. The other thing I really love about LA that I didn't get as much of in San Diego is everyone is from somewhere else typically. And they're all here to build something fabulous, which... I just gravitated toward. Yeah. And that's part of like, uh, it attracts big dreamers. So when those people were kind of crapping on your dream there to move to Los Angeles, it's like, it was perfect for you because you know, that's what we draw here. Another thing is, uh, West Hollywood, you mentioned, which is one of my favorite areas too. Like as far as lively and fast paced, I actually just interviewed the guy who manages the Abbey. So he gave me some of the history on that. I was like, wow, it's amazing. I would love to know the history on the Abbey. Yeah, yeah. So look for that. It's coming out soon. But it's a really interesting conversation. It's just funny because I just interviewed him the other day. So when you brought it up, I haven't been to West Hollywood in a while. So it makes me like really want to go back there. Yeah, there's (laughs) so many facets of the neighborhood. It's so, depending on what part of West Hollywood you're in, it's just so different. We used to live right across, probably two blocks up from the Abbey and it's always popping. It's always a scene. Now we live a little closer to sunset. The pace is a lot. Well, it's, it's weird. It's different. It's quieter, but it's also that energy of building something on the boulevard. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting what Los Angeles has to offer because, um, you know, I used to live in West LA. It was a little too fast paced for me. And now I live in the South Bay, which is more of my energy. Hmm. But, um, you know, like for you, um, that fast paced in West Hollywood is what you like. And uh, Los Angeles, depending on what area you're in, can be very different. Yeah, so different. You can get all the best of it. In fact, I never touched Santa Monica, Venice, Playa Vista, Marina del Rey. Everyone's like, would you ever consider living there? And I said, no, I was there for a good six years. And I'm referring to San Diego because it reminds me so much of that beach lifestyle and pace. And I love visiting and the chapter is kind of closed and I'm ready for more city vibes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The beach vibes are over. So um, I heard you say something pretty interesting or I read it somewhere. So I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, I read that you said LA is perceived as one of the cutest, but also ugliest cities to fly into, which I thought was very interesting. Can you share more of your thoughts on that? Oh yeah. No, this is, it's funny. I don't even know where I heard it the first time, but um. A lot of my world and friends, we refer to it as the ugliest, cutest city in the world or the ugliest, best city, prettiest city in the world because, well, I married an Aussie. He's Australian. And in Australia, everyone's like Hollywood and you get all of our press and tabloids and you expect to arrive in LA and see glitz or glam or even a shred of something going on that's fabulous. And Every single one without fail, especially our family outside of the country, comes to LA with this picture in their mind and they land and they're like, what is going on? It's flat. It feels dirty. Everything seems really spread out. Where am I going? Have I landed? Um, 
you know, as opposed to somewhere like San Diego, you land in the heart of the city, even New York, you can fly over this stunning city, but LA, it doesn't look exceptionally cute when you're coming in specifically as like an outsider. But then as you move here and you start exploring, there's the most adorable quaint nooks and crannies of the city and you find what you love but sometimes it's like a harder place to just visit on a weekend versus living here and really experiencing it because you're like LA is beautiful if you live here but if you come as an outsider you're kind of like it's it's hideous <laughs> yeah that's very true because even like yeah. flying in besides the water it doesn't look that great then you land For in LAX sure. and it's like complete chaos and to your point you're not really near like some center I feel like a lot of people's international people's perception of LA, what they see on TV, they can find in like maybe Beverly Hills. You know what I mean? Yes. Like those wide, beautiful, clean streets and the palm trees the and all palm that. Palm trees. Yeah, yeah. But to your point, it's like coming into LAX and driving to certain areas is kind of dirty and crowded and all that stuff. So exactly. you really have to know where to go. Yeah. And LA is like, I always say, LA is a feeling. It's like, it's a vibe. So the vibe is here aesthetically, maybe looking down on it. You're like, what am I doing? But once you get here, start visiting some of the things you've seen on television or otherwise, that's like your first glimpse. And then if you stay a while, you're really like, oh, okay. I kind of understand it a little bit more. Yeah. And that brings me to my next question. Cause another thing I've heard you say, or I read somewhere is that you point out that LA is a bad city to visit without a plan. I couldn't agree more. Like when people hit me up all the time really? and are visiting and I'm like, you need a plan. You can't just try you to see Malibu and Universal Studios in the same day oh, and Disneyland yes. all in the same day. So without getting into details about specific places to visit, because I feel like that could be the whole interview. What it are some be. practical, like high level ideas or plans people should have when they come to visit? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, my number one uh, tip is always do your Google search and then decide which site or which voice you're going to listen to. I obviously, I own the LA girl. And one of the things we pride ourselves on is we're not the generalized go-to to search things to do in LA. But if you are an LA girl and you like the yummy aesthetic pop in things that we love, you're going to love the things that we recommend. So the first thing is doing a little research, do not fly blind, go online, figure out what site and what vibe you like and figure out what they're recommending. And then the other thing that I think is so underestimated is ask a friend, ask someone who lives here, what they love, where they would recommend going as much as even at the LA girl, we try and get as close as possible to a friend. Like you're talking to a personal friend, it's personal recommendations. It's the inside scoop. Nothing beats a true inside scoop from someone who lives here. And the other thing that I like to do is I was in Italy last month, for example, I've never been to Florence. I know Florence is a little small. So I started searching some like grammars, some bloggers, some people who live there. And I slid into their DMs and I was like, yo, like, I'd like to do some flea markety, cute, vintage, fashion-y stuff. Do you have any recommendations? And you would be so surprised at how many people DM you back. Um, And it's because the things they do, I'm interested in doing. Sometimes a general Google search doesn't give you that. Um, The last thing I'd say is if you're on a quick trip, narrow your own list down, like have an idea in mind of the types of things you love, because if you're not interested in film or Hollywood, seeing the Hollywood sign, doing that Runyon Canyon hike, it's probably going to feel a little draining if you're not in the first place to see, you know, the Hollywood sign. But if it's museums or beaches or the Griffith Observatory, 
or even like um, Airbnb experiences is so great for meeting locals. Just have a topic in mind and then go hard on that versus, you know, the generalized stereotypical LA tour. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Those are some great tips. And to, and to your point about the LA girl, like it is important to find recommendations from something you're into, right? So yes. the aesthetics of the LA girl, we, I'm a guy, but we basically have the same audience. Like 75% of my followers are um, female, right? So it. when I look at the LA girl brand, I'm like, okay, that's exactly the type of stuff that people mm. who follow our account is are into. So yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So let's talk about that brand and website, the LA girl. I've been following it for quite some time and I've always been kind of interested in the story behind it and how it's changed over the years. So can you tell us more about it, what it is and how you became involved with it? Yeah. It's fascinating story. It's so great. I nerd out on brands and business models. Um, Like I, all I want to do is ask about, so life hacks LA, you know, what platforms are you on? But the back end of the LA girl is a fascinating story. It was founded in 2000. 14. So the end of 13, 14 by an amazing close friend of mine. Her name's Gwen Lane and she's a Filipina. She wasn't even born in the U S it was so beautiful. The way that she started being, becoming interested in LA. She was an exec similar to me, a marketing exec at uh, awesomeness TV. And I was a marketing exec at, at the time in San Diego, like I mentioned, And her path was here and she was very employed in LA as a television exec. However, her passion was exploring LA. So she started up this website and blog for women around LA looking to meet each other, to meet up, to do things that they loved. Meanwhile, a few years later, I would move to LA and we would meet Gwen and I. And I've been in the personal development television space for a while because I started broadcasting and I was shoulder tapped to do this amazing book called Passionistas. And it was the chicken soup for the soul publishers. If you've ever read those books. So they basically tasked me with finding other bosses in who are not living the stereotypical mold of being employed, who wanted to share their vulnerable stories that you probably couldn't search online who are absolutely crushing it. So I thought of Gwen, who I had met, I recommended her And she ended up co-authoring one of the chapters in the book and book did amazing in the space. So we became biz besties. We call these, literally, we refer to each other as our biz bestie. So (laughs) we're close, but we also did a bunch of business together. Like we did the book. She started speaking on my panels for these entertainment conferences that I was a part of um, through the Passionista brand. I was on all her panels and big highlighted events because she started becoming interested in coaching and she had the LA girl. So she had developed this audience, but her heart was really in teaching women to monetize their influence. Um, It was gravitating more toward tech the last maybe five or six years that we had known each other. So it's funny because I had developed this audience from the Passionista book and from my background in TV, but I was sharing on my social platforms, lifestyle stuff. I love fashion. I love shopping. She is more of the hiking girl. Like we laugh because the LA girl brand has evolved a lot. Like we did a rebrand when I came to acquire it, but um, it ranks number one for where to shop in LA. So if you Google shopping in Los Angeles, it is us. It's the one-stop shop. So I became really involved even while the LA girl was under her by giving my two cents because my personal brand in TV has a lot to do with fashion. So when it came time for Gwen to leave, 
LA. She was going to make the LA girl dormant for lack of a better word until she was at one of my vision board parties with my passionista. She started getting some ideas. She asked me to dinner and she was like, I would love to talk about a real acquisition. I didn't build the asset to sell, but let's talk. So that was in 2019. We closed the deal into 2021. So in one week, it'll be a year of the LA girl being in that new relaunch and legitimately being my brand. But we closed the deal in 2021 in April. And the pandemic was interesting because it was obviously less of a time for people to be Google searching this stuff. But we ended up with a beautiful agreement. She she is our biggest fan. She literally gets the newsletters weekly. She's like, oh my God, the LA girl looks on point. I love the golden deep green. It looks new and it looks more high-end and editorial. And that's ultimately where the LA girl ranks. It's these editorial events and shopping and what to do for these you know, fabulous women. So we kind of elevated the branding to match. We do still do some hiking, but I mean, if you're, if I'm being honest, I would love to hike through a mall less inside (laughs) the the canyon. So the brand has evolved with the owner and I am doing tons of forward facing things like all the brand partnerships we have. It's been interesting to step in and kind of be related to as that new LA girl. Ultimately, I love the LA girl. It's something I own and I'll be forward facing maybe for the next year, but ultimately the LA girl is in so many other women. It's not just me. So building the team out to be able to take the reins is something I'm really excited about. Wow. It's really cool to hear that backstory because I I told you um, offline that I've been following LA girl for a while. And I, now that you tell that story, I saw the transition because I was following her because I have an LA based account and, you know, she had great LA content. And then I could see like it going more towards Instagram training, social media training. And I actually downloaded a lot wow. of her eBooks and training, even though I wasn't a woman. And it's like, um, yes. yeah. So, so yeah. It's oh really no, we have so yeah. many men, like the lines are so blurred now. It's like LA is for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like she had a, she had a coaching group, but it was just for women, yes. but she let me do like all the, uh, the other stuff because she had some really good content just of, on social yeah. media coaching, that sort of thing. So nope, a hundred percent. And you can see it's funny because people love the LA girl. We talk to our readers and our meetups monthly and things. And they're like, I remember when this, or we saw the transition to this, or I love the newsletter now because it's really easy to read and they're connected. They have seen the transition too. And the great thing was I was so integrated on a level where her core group of readers like that Those few thousand that have been there every single month doing everything have also seen me in different talks. We've always co-branded biz besties, if you will. So it was a nice little transition and we did it pretty publicly. Like she flew to LA. um, We did the sign over. We made this adorable video for the readers just so they know that we're always intertwined at heart. And it was actually seamless thinking about it. I couldn't imagine. I remember when I started in radio I was so young that there was so much backlash, Um, me getting a director role, people quit, people, it was a lot. And so I didn't really, I kind of took for granted. Actually, now I'm just thinking about 
how seamless the transition it actually was. So it's fun. Yeah, it's really cool how it all worked out. And I, I can definitely see uh, how the branding has changed and it's become more editorial. So let's talk a little bit about that. You have a lot of different categories on your website, but one of them is a source of information on what to do in Los Angeles. We're here in July. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of your top recommendations for summer in LA for people looking to get Love out it. and have fun this summer? Oh my God. Yeah. So we offline, we're actually just discussing rooftop cinemas, but I love an outdoor movie. I just booked movie tickets tonight. I'm all about film and these adorable brands are putting on all of this, this incredible programming every month. And it's not just one there's Cinespia, there's rooftop cinema club. There's a Hollywood forever cemetery, but you can picnic at the cemetery, bringing a group of friends together to watch a movie. Like the core activity is done for you. Then you just kind of have a blast and um, pack up a picnic. It's funny because in that vein, the other thing that I love to do is we have tons of content just around the top luxury picnic companies in LA because you can do a park. You can go to Malibu if you want. Um, you pick the, You can do your own backyard, but these companies are so affordable and they'll set up the most stunning little luxury picnics. I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, yeah, um, I've worked with a few. I had, and I had one for a birthday last year. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like right on a cliff overlooking the ocean all set up for us. Exactly. And you can do two, you can do 10, like the amount of people you can fit into one of those is fabulous. So yeah, that's just another thing um, for the summer. We've also got some really good shows. Moulin Rouge just got here till September. So that'll be open through the summer. And I, I actually am part-time in New York for a few months of the year. I'm in New York um, and New York Broadway quality Moulin Rouge in LA was so good. I saw it last week. So get out and go see that show. <laughs> Is that in Hollywood? Like the Pantage? Theaters? It's at the Pantages. Yeah. Pantages, theaters. So yeah. Okay. Right. Honestly, that would be so good. If you're coming in to visit LA, it is the tourist hotspot. It's right across from where Jimmy Kimmel's filmed. So it's a, definitely something to make a night out of if you're going to go see it. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to do Love there. It. I was literally just there last night. I went to a Hollywood Bowl concert. It was, oh, uh, yes. what was it? West Side Story. And so, oh, yeah, West Side Story. I, yeah. So I decided to walk over there by, um, they call it the Ovation now, Hollywood and Highland. But then also there's the uh, El Capitan Theater. But it's really interesting to go there on like a Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday night when there's not a lot of people, you know, yeah. late at night. Because you just, you know, you're so used to seeing Hollywood Boulevard just jam-packed. But 100. when it's empty, it's just so, you realize how beautiful it is with all the Oh lights. my God, after Moulin Rouge ends at like 11 at night and it was a Thursday, we were walking and you can, you know, your star-studded Hollywood Boulevard that you see in the movies, it's a good time to go at night. That's a really good point because no one's there. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, not like a Saturday night. You might run into some crazies. Well, so. yeah, I know. Go, pick a weekday, people. Pick a weekday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, um, was West Side Story good? That was all. Music. Oh, it was really good. So basically what it, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but basically the LA Phil has a few concerts in the summer where they'll, where they'll do like a musical and they'll show the movie. Um, which is interesting because you were just talking about um, outdoor movie experiences, yep. but they play the music. They actually play the music live from the movie, but the movie's playing. So you watch the movie with the LA film performing the, uh, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Wow. When I read concert series, I didn't realize there was like visual component there. Yeah. I didn't know how it worked. So I've been to the couple concerts at the Hollywood bowl, but I'd never been to that kind. And it, it was really, really cool the way they have it set up. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. I literally just jotted that down. Cause that's, I love watching everything. I mean, I'm just like <laughs> my jam is a good film or a movie. I just love the medium. So yeah. I I do it. Okay. I wanted to jump back into the brand because you told that interesting story 
story about, you know, how it started and yeah. where it's at now. So I wanted to ask you like sky's the limit. And I know you have a big imagination and big dreams. So oh, huge! <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Uh, where would you like to see it go in the next three, three to five years? Like big picture, no uh, holding back. Yeah. Ooh, no holding back. Woo, my imagination's vast. So yeah, I mean like three to five years, obviously the amount of people that we're reaching, oh, I just want to 10X it. It's already on the way this year. Um, getting it into my hands has been so like so much fun. Just putting in the elbow grease to reach the like the most amount of people possible is a really fun game. I like to play on a big level. So uh, mainstream stuff where LA is already a mainstream city. So I think reaching even more people is a really big goal and in person. So weekly meetups is where I'd like to get to. Right now we're quarterly. So seasonally we've had our had our spring meetup. Summer one is coming up here in three to five years. Weekly, there's something to do on the LA girl that some staff member will be at. I don't know if I'm showing up for every single one weekly. Certainly I could do, you know, four, four times a year, but basically I just, I'm, I'm obsessed with people getting together in real life, making connections and building a community because that's how it started. I think it was like a weekly meetup, a hike once a week is how women who are moving here were able to meet a lot of other people. Sometimes on meetup.com and things, you can get just not that curated, specified group you're looking for. But on something like the LA Girl, I feel like even with the few meetups we've had this year, our people have this synergy because they're interested naturally um, in the same things. So being a part of the larger brands here, like we're just talking about West Side Story, an LA Girl Night, an LA Girl Night at Saks Fifth Avenue in Beverly Hills for that old Hollywood glam feeling, um, restaurant takeovers, tastings, all the different things. A lot of people do fitness meetups because they're so turnkey. While fitness is amazing, long-term, it would be everything that LA has to offer inside of like shows, tastings, screenings, hikes, beach days. It would be like a meetup hub. Um, so I'm excited to see it grow there. Yeah, that is exciting. That's that's awesome. So we actually have something similar at LA Hackers Club. So like once a month, we try to make uh, some type of arrangement with a business or or iconic spot that you yep. couldn't normally get. For example, one really popular one we did was Clifton's Cafeteria. Yep. They gave Incredible. us like, yeah. So they gave our group like a tour before it opened and then our own private area or whatever. But yeah, yeah. we should talk offline. Cause it's very, Oh my God. hundred <laughs> percent. As you're speaking, I'm like, okay, life, like let's go LA life hackers and the LA girl. Meet yeah. Up. Like a, a, a combo meetup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just doing things like it's interesting because I feel like the LA girl is just an offshoot of doing what you love for a living, which didn't really exist 10 years ago. Um, but I always say, like, I'm put on the planet to do what I love for a living. So all of the fun stuff that we're talking about doing meetup-wise, expanding that is just right on the money. Because I think a lot of, especially our readers, like, we will get notes all the time about how our newsletter or something that they're reading in the office or at work all day is that source of inspiration. So if I get to do it all day, certainly we can bring it once a month to to readers, you know? Yeah. And you said something really important there. You said curated because that's what I found with our group is we're attracting people who are super into exploring Los Angeles. So everyone's been, it's not just like a random meetup 
like you yeah. said, like it's super, super curated. So these guys get along so well that they've been having their own, you know, like I look on Instagram and there's this whole group from our group that had their own so little great. thing and everyone's oh just been God. so positive and fun because they're all into the same thing. But um, let's get back into Los Angeles because I wanted to ask you this question because, you know, you pursued your dreams by moving to LA, but I don't know if you noticed this. I've definitely noticed it, that LA, California has been getting bashed a lot across the, uh, hmm. the nation, you know, like people are always crapping on LA. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to know what your thoughts on that. Do you think LA would continue to be a draw for people all over, all over the country and the world to pursue their passions like you did? Or do you yeah. think we should buy into this negativity that LA is on its way down? No, no, there's zero, zero. I'll give you a really breath level response because something about me is as a function of my like happiness. I literally am in, like, I have wrote a personal development book. So as, as funny as it is, I actually don't even on purpose, at least consume the news. I'm up to date. I know like there's some stuff that's unavoidable, but it's really fascinating because I have heard that just about the city and LA and California in general and how it's like, you know, taken a downturn, but it's interesting because I mean, I'm just, my default is optimism. And I'm like, no, I think at the end of the day, the weather is a little hard to pass up. And there is a vibe and a true energy instilled in Los Angeles that I don't think anyone can compete with. I am also, I have an like affinity for New York, but it's interesting because there's so many similarities because of the history and that accessibility of dream pursuit. If you do have dreams, I think you are still coming here. Like regardless of what's in the media, what's in the news and all these choices that are being made, I feel like inside of moving somewhere to really get your hands dirty or start something that is just an idea, I don't think LA is going anywhere anytime soon. Like my personal, the very first place I lived in LA, Everyone thought I was crazy. I was on a budget of, which if you're not in LA listening, sounds crazy, but LA is kind of a high price point to live. I was on a budget of 800 bucks and I was going to move here. I was like, all right, I'm going to do $800 a month. And I want to live in the heart of West Hollywood. I remember passing by the comedy store on the strip and everyone's like, you're crazy. You're never going to be able to live in that neighborhood on that budget. But I'm huge manifester. I go, nope, if it's you know, I'm meant to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to be there. And on Craigslist, I kid you not, there's this dream spot that everyone's like, you're getting catfished. There's a room. It's in one of the most signature estates and complexes in West Hollywood. Marilyn Monroe used to be their neighbor. So I show up and sure enough, it is this gal from USC. She had just graduated. She's like, you know, my parents own the building. I apologize. Like what I'm going to show you isn't huge, but you know, you tell me, I don't even know if it's going to go for anything. And it is a dining room that they listed as a room. There's no door, but there's this stunning balcony, all the amenities in the heart of LA. And I am the happiest camper alive while she's apologizing to me for what she's showing me. And I'm like, I will take it. Where do I sign up? $700 a month. And people oh are like, God. you've got to be the certain, you've got to have the optimism while you move here or LA is not for you anyway. If you're naysaying it to begin with, like, you know, good luck, but I've lived with nothing in the past and I know from nothing, anything is possible. So it's interesting because this was the biggest upgrade ever. And I had, you know, the 401k cushy coming out of my full-time job in San Diego, but I wanted to make it work and you need the optimism to come here. So 
if you're not loving it, then like, it's so funny. People will put their feet in the fire, even living here. And I'm like, just move boo. Like free will, self-choice, freedom, you go boo. And you don't have to come here if you don't want to more optimistic people, the merrier living here, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I still think it's a draw for people who pursue their passions. And that's the type of people you meet in LA, people who are really going after it like you are. And, you know, people tend to focus on only the negative in Los Angeles when they live outside the city. But when you live here, you know, there's good and there's bad and we focus on the good, right? Yeah. hundred percent. It's funny. I'll be in New York, uh, the months I'm there and people that I meet will be like, Oh, don't you wish you were in California? I'm like, well, it's interesting. I'm actually here from there right now. And all of them are just like, wow, we would love a trip to the palm trees, exactly what we were talking about at the top of the call. And I'm looking at your logo. There's a palm tree on it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a dream and a beauty to, to drive through LA specifically, you know, that iconic part of California, that's Hollywood or the Los Angeles really positive stigmas because people on the East coast still look here as a source of, you know, ha- happiness and kind of that carefree, fun in the sun. It's not all fun and games, but there's a reputation that I think will outlast any of the negative publicity. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Okay. So the last question for you, can you describe for us what you would consider to be your dream day in Los Angeles from getting up to going to bed? What would happen and where would you go to make it your dream LA day? Oh man. Okay. My dream LA day. Wow. Okay. All right. Amen. Amen. So I think I feel like I'd wake up in the morning, dream LA day. I would definitely order a black car. So LA is very drivable and it's incredible to drive and have your, you know, car, but I love a good black car. And it's a joke that in Hollywood, like people are arriving in those black SUVs and I am a sucker for a good Uber budget monthly because I love being driven. And that's how I like to see the city. That's how I love to get around. So I would call my black car. They would drop me off um, at a cafe, maybe like a rooftop hang there. Actually, maybe even a private members club. This is what I love about LA. There's so many. There's like San Vicente Bungalow, Soho House, Mat just opened, which is this luxury members gym. So probably a yummy coffee on a rooftop somewhere taking in the scenes, maybe even a pool hotel day passes are huge right now. So maybe the Beverly Hilton day pass pop up in my laptop, answer a few emails. Let's see if I'm waving a magic wand, maybe someone would pick me up afterward, drive me to Malibu, (laughs) hit Nobu sushi, watch the sun going down on the ocean, really get the LA vibes. Um, and then drive me back in to catch a move, like to catch one of the movies that we've been talking about outdoor. Maybe it is also, I'm a sucker for a rooftop. I love outdoor stuff. So I might finish off there and then get to cuddle up at home and maybe even watch some Netflix, which I always joke. Like I love that LA and Los Angeles is the hub for so much of the good entertainment being made. Mm-hmm. Um, I love film. So even sitting at home watching these films or television series. It's so much fun to see how much is actually filmed in Los Angeles. Oh, what show just came out? So much is set around and near LA because it's the hub of the industry. So that's something else that I just like kind of take pride in living here. (laughs) Yeah. I love that too. And I'm watching a show or a movie and I'm like, I know where that is. I was just there last week. Oh yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I know you can see like, you can see the boulevard, the valley, you name it. It's 
usually, and it's pretty budget friendly to be filming in LA when all the crew and developers live here. So we can see so much of our city sitting at home watching yeah, TV. A sh- there's a show we just started watching with Chris Pratt that's on Amazon Prime. Ooh, what and, is it? I want to know. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's basically like um, revenge stories in the military and he's gotten set up and all this stuff, kind of like a mystery. It's a series. Mm, yeah. But you know, I'm annoying my family because I'm just like, that's the arts district. I know exactly where that is. You know, <laughs> because yeah, like I know a lot of it's filmed in LA. They're like, Oh, yes. just pay attention to the movie. <laughs> yeah. A thousand percent. There's so many good pride shows on Hulu right now. I don't know if, I don't know if love Victor is filmed here, but there's another one with actress from girl meets world that just came out for pride. And it's all set in LA. I'm like, I know everything about yeah, that. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I love the other thing I loved about your answer is you really uh, know how to spoil yourself. So that's awesome. I it's do. Black so car, honestly, which I got to look into. You go to the hotel day pass, which I love. That's a yeah. nice little hack for people out there. So I love for how sure. you spoil yourself on your dream day. Oh yeah. My dream day is all about me. And it's like, I've never settled for even like I was sharing, even when I was on a budget, when I had first moved to LA, I live in the same area now, obviously in a different way, different space. But when I first had moved here, I'm not, I told everyone I'm not compromising. Like I know what I want to do and what I want to experience in my life. And I know how I feel will determine what I bring in. So even though I was living in a dining room with no door, technically to me, I was living in one of the most luxury spaces next to where Marilyn Monroe used to live (laughs) right next to sunset. And then, so it became, I'm a big manifester. So yeah, Yeah, thanks for noticing. (laughs) I love the positive energy and that's a great place to end the conversation because It's like pursuing your dreams here in Los Angeles. Now, it's it was awesome uh, learning more about the LA Girl, but where is the best place for people to go who want to find out more about the LA Girl or find out more about you, Erica? Yeah, I mean, the LAgirl.com, I'm, I'm on there. I'm pretty forward-facing, and you could probably find my Instagram account there, but ericadelacruz.com is a lot of my work in entertainment, personal development, um, and a lot taking place in LA. So they're kind of one in the same. So ericadelacruz.com, the LAgirl.com, it's a good place to find me. All right. Thanks so much for coming on, Erica. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, guys. Thanks again for sitting in on that conversation with our friend Erica from the LA Girl. I want to thank her again for coming on. She's a lot of fun to talk to, and she has so many great suggestions about what to do in Los Angeles. If you want to follow Erica or the LA Girl, you can go to thelagirl.com or find them on Instagram at the LA Girl. Okay, so I mentioned at the end of that conversation with Erica that I loved how she was willing to spoil herself a bit in her LA activities. And I think that's important to do. We all work so hard here in the big city, so much hustle and bustle. So it's important to every once in a while, really treat yourself. So that's gonna be my special hack, my special suggestion for this episode. Just a few ideas on how you can pamper yourself a bit right here in LA. Okay, so when it comes to pampering yourself, the first one I want to share is Korean spas. If you live in Los Angeles, you're probably familiar with Korean spas. But if you haven't experienced them, obviously it comes from Korean culture, uh, the Korean culture's idea of a spa day. There are many in Los Angeles, most of them in Koreatown, of course, but they've got a few spread out throughout the city. I go to one in Torrance, actually. And most of them are similar in style. It typically goes like this. First, you go to the back locker room area and you strip down. Don't worry, there are separate men and women areas. 
And then you go out and relax in the pools and rooms across a spectrum from uh, super cold to super hot. And, you know, the one I go to even has like a jade room and, and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, it's all at your own pace and you can also pay extra for massages and body scrubs. For when you get your clothes back on, most of them have common areas for the men and women. You know, after you're doing your nakedness in the pools and the spas and stuff, you can, you can get dressed and go to the common area. And then they'll have food to eat or they'll have some type of saunas that you enjoy with uh, the clothes on. So you can really spend hours there and it's a perfectly relaxing way to spend an afternoon, whether you want to do that as a couple or you just wanted some time for yourself. Great way to pamper yourself and it's affordable is to check out one of these Korean spas. All right, second up, we are gonna step it up a bit with this next suggestion to spoil yourself. So this isn't LA, but it's worth the drive because this next one is a world-class, mostly outdoor spa. Uh, some people call it the Disneyland of spas because it can get a little crowded, but it's really got everything. It's called Glen Ivy Hot Springs and it's located in Corona, California. That's about an hour from downtown Los Angeles. So not too far, but you know, obviously it depends on where you are in LA and the traffic, etc. Uh, so the Glen Ivy Spa provides spa treatments, but it's a massive space. They have 17 pools, with many of them using the natural hot springs of that area. There are tons of fun things there that are meant for relaxation and health, like Club Mud and the Grotto. And of course, they've got you know with those 17 pools, they've got cold and warm and hot, and you know some for swimming. They also serve up healthy food, so you can really feel rejuvenated. I, I love Glen Ivy. One thing I do need to mention here is that um, there can be a lot of people there depending on when you go, like I mentioned. So you will not be getting some kind of boutique experience. You'll, you will be sharing with others. And for that reason, I recommend you try to go early in the week, like Monday or Tuesday. You know, take a day off, really spoil yourself. Because if you go at those times, there's like likely to be a lot less people because they are open seven days a week and on the weekends of course they're going to be more crowded okay guys that's just a couple recommendations i have for spoiling yourself in los angeles of course if you money's no object you can go to beverly hills or pacific palisades or one of these places and get a really really nice spa but those two are pretty affordable and pretty cool korean spas and the Glen ivy hot springs in corona all right that's all i got for you this week i hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk again soon